All right, welcome to another episode of Not Investment Advice. This is Bilal Zaidi, and we've got Jack Butcher here. What's happening, my man? Good afternoon, boys. Happy Monday. Yeah, it's got- a different, different recording day. We should, we should, we should, uh, we should bring that up. <laughs> well, but, uh, first of all, though, let me just introduce you, mate. Yeah. This is Trunk Fan as well. <laughs> Um, and we're going to get onto this a little bit later, but we've talked about Elon Musk being your best friend, but he's now become your reply guy. So, uh, <laughs> I <we> got- <laughs> mean, at what point does somebody become somebody's reply guy? For my purposes, I'm going to say five interactions because that's right, well, I'm I think he's at four. Oh, no, it's five. Oh, okay, four okay, replies okay. and a like. This, I, dude, guys, we're going to walk through it all. Who's counting? counting? Who's counting? Yeah, I'm counting, <laughs> but I, well, what I want to bring up is I always show a beverage. So I'm on the kombucha now because we're recording on a Monday. Uh, Bilal's about to tell you why we're recording on a Monday instead of our typical Thursday morning. So, uh, you know, have a little uh, kombucha in the afternoon. It's not as heavy as coffee, but I get that caffeine going, right? And this is the ginger one. So it gives you the kick. Anyways, not investment advice. Well, 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 yeah, look, so as you guys can probably tell, I'm not in my normal location and it's because I'm... uh, well, we're going to talk about a few things today. Let me not spoil what's Don't happening. Don't the lead, man. What, what's going on? <laughs> we're going to talk about a few things. We're going to talk about the post-more from England game. We're going to talk about the Delta variant, which is picking up like crazy. And we've got a few other things. Um, but the only thing that came back for England, unfortunately, nothing came home. The only thing that came home was fucking Delta variant for me. So, <laughs> <laughs> so right, Hold on. Hold on. But just to be full okay. Bilal got... COVID, but let's just let's just make it clear that we're not a hundred percent sure it's Delta variant. But tell us what you think and why. Yeah, and I, you know, I'm still I'm right at the end of my isolation period. I feel a lot better, but I'm still not a hundred hundred percent. But yeah, so to say, I, man, where do I start? <laughs> it, it was it's most likely happened that weekend anyway that I saw the game. Um, and the next day I started feeling a little off, found out my other friend I was with had tested positive, obviously got checked. But the interesting thing is I got checked and it was a negative, but because I was off, I still just kind of stayed at home, isolated and rested up. The next day a fever picked up and it went all the way up to like one or 1.5 was feeling like shit, obviously. And, uh, yeah, many days later, I'm feeling a little bit better, but man, it's, there's a, there's a bigger story here and I know Trung's been researching it. So uh, oh, we can I, go into I that, was, but uh, you go on. I knew no, I mean, I knew nothing about that. I'd, I'd been seeing the headlines, but up in Pacific Northwest Vancouver, nothing's happening, right? I know there's been like uh, Delta sweeping through obviously other parts of the world, but in North America, it's like LA, New York, right? the huge population centers. But um, I mean, what's funny is the All In podcast, right? David Sachs got it. So I, what I would say is this, if you haven't listened to the All In podcast, and you want to learn about Delta variant, I would highly recommend listening to that podcast episode they just had because they basically spend the entire episode talking about Delta and it really gets you up to speed about how serious Delta is as a mutation of COVID. It's like, I think my takeaway from that is just this particular mutation, it just is a realization that this stuff's going to be with us forever. It's a common cold now, it's the flu and it's going to keep mutating and the other big takeaway from uh, their chat and just my general, you know, superficial internet reading is, uh, I mean, it's just, it, it's, you're going to have a vaccine or you're going to get COVID. Like it's, it's going to happen. The the reproduction rate or the R naught of uh, the Delta variant is insane. I think it's like six. Uh, the thing, uh, R0 I even six. heard up to eight. I even yeah, heard up, up to eight, eight. Right. So that means yeah. uh, the average 
person infected will infect eight other people. I think COVID is what, two or three. So like, yeah. we're talking like, it's a totally different world now, right? Uh, the positive thing being, if you are double vax, like Bilal, you are, the symptoms are not, you know, the concerns we had last year where, you know, you might, it's, it's fatal. It's like, it's a common cold. And this seems to be the consensus where if you're double vaxxed, much more mild. Uh, so that, you know, that's kind of the silver lining is like the vaccines are working. Um, but having said that, there's a, a, a really in-depth thread that I actually retweeted. We should just add it. People should read it. Two things, listen to all in podcasts, read this thread uh, that we'll post here. But uh, the, a lot of the thread touches on what I just kind of, uh, you know, parroted it out. It's just that this thing's going to be with us. Uh, the real question now becomes from the policy side is, you know, are you going to go back into shutdown in the falls? Are you going to shut down the restaurants again, all the in-person interactions? And his, I think my takeaway from uh, the thread, he doesn't, he does, he's not, you know, uh, his name's William Hoeing. I don't even know what his uh, background is, but I'm going to guess he's a That sounds reliable. Yeah. yeah. I have no idea, but <laughs> Tyler Cowen uh, posted it. Tyler Cowen is like one of the, he's an economist from GMU, uh, George Mason. And uh, I, I, I trust his instincts. So again, not investment advice, not health advice. But uh, it, he's just basically saying it's going to be with us. So now we have to make a decision. Are we going to shut things down again? Or do we just kind of move forward with the realization this is what it's going to be like? And the reality is that the non-vaccinated populations, you know, they're just people that will not get vaccinated. It, if, unfortunately, it sounds like, you know, there's a chance this can just rip through the entire population and become very bad. Uh, yeah, the man. unfortunate thing is the risk to the rest of us is that as long as COVID's around, it's going to keep mutating. So if people don't choose not to get vaccinated and it hits this R naught of eight and uh, it's so transmissible, it, it can, you know, mutate something that's just, you know, we're not going to deadly be able yeah. to defend against. What the thing, the one thing I'll say is, yeah, so I'm obviously fully vaccinated. I am, I did have the J and J shot to be fair, which isn't as, uh, it's the ghetto one. Yeah. Right? So <laughs> it was the one shot and done, but you know, uh, again, this, probably doing its job because I didn't well, so far I haven't ended up in a hospital touch wood um the, the the kind of concern I had was you know obviously the fever and stuff went high which can happen that can happen with a cold or flu or whatever as well um it's just more like after we don't know what's going to happen you don't know if you're going to have long covid or any of the right. symptoms later down the road I've still got some stuff still going on uh, you, and then you're obviously concerned with your partner, the people you're seeing, obviously. Like, and honestly, the hassle of like, I'm staying in this bedroom basically for 10 days. That's why I'm not in my office. And it's just like, my girlfriend has to do the same. She's not seeing people pretty much. She doesn't oh, have to, but she's being right. careful because yeah. she was directly exposed to me. Um, so yeah, there's just, there's obviously a big hassle, but thankfully um, seems to be all right. Uh, the all in pod was really, really good. He, uh, was it David Sachs, right? He's the one yeah, David who- David Sachs, David Sachs. He was actually seeing outside and yeah. uh, and went for dinner with like three people and he said he still got exposed to it from that. Um, so, man, yeah, I just, I guess public service announcement. If you get any symptoms, I would assume that you've probably got it, even if you test negative because there's, there's like a delay. So yeah. I did it on Monday and eventually on a Friday it came back as a yes. And um, yeah, so that's happened with like six other people I know, people that got Pfizer, J&J, everything in th three different continents. So it's, it's happening all over the place. Um, anyway, we don't want to turn this into a big downer. Yeah, let's not turn it, but uh, let's yeah. not turn it into one of those uh, zero hedge articles. But uh, <laughs> markets were down today, July 19th. I mean, first seriously. Big time. It's the worst day, I think, in 2021 for the Dow. But uh, having said that, uh, I think 
just to summarize again, it's just like, it's going to be with us. It's, it, we have start treating it mentally, like the common cold, the flu, which also means you just don't shut everything down, right? I think, yeah, I think mentally that's how people are going to start thinking about it. it and I, I just don't think personally the appetite of people is for that, right? I mean, I'm just out of Vancouver. You guys have been spending time in the summers. Like a month ago, everybody's like, oh my God, it's over. It's over. Let's get back to our lives. Right? It's going to be very difficult to rein it back in. And if we are in a place where if you are double vaccinated or you are vaccinated, that this does not become the, the, the fatal uh, threat that we all worried about last year. It's like, that's just the reality and you got to move on and yeah, get vaccinated. man. <laughs> that's, that's really all we can say. Coming from a doctor's family, right? You got your, no, your family's Father, got brother, in. get all those vaccines. That's it, man. All right. Well, listen, so that, that that's the, the COVID stuff done. Um, we also want to share. So we're, we're going to talk about England post-mortem after because we had some thoughts that were bubbling up throughout the tournament that we kind of didn't have time to really discuss. And now after everything's finished, uh, we wanted to kind of touch on. It's not just about football. It's about like nations and stuff as well. Um, but yeah, really quickly, there's a Telegram group. Jack, do you want to talk a little bit about this? Because you you had this genius idea. We've been testing it out with a small group of people for the last uh, day and a half, I guess. Um, so yeah, what, what was the idea and what we what we doing? Yeah, talk so us we through here. Your... Uh, we've got a little direct feed into the uh, episode planning. So most of the, most of, well, the reason this uh, podcast came about in the first place right, was us DMing each other on Twitter separately turned into a group chat sharing content that's uh or sharing stories that are breaking and reacting to them among one another and then uh thinking about we had an idea a couple of weeks ago we talked about uh, how would we compile the stuff that we're talking about into like some low effort newsletter basically because none of us is you know in a position to take on a full-time job and like turn this into a media company of its own outside of these recordings and then sort of struck me that maybe it's more interesting to just give, give people like a window into the actual conversation that we have to plan the episodes. So you can go and dig into the links yourself. You can read along like the back and forth between everyone. And then we can take some, you know, people can start to interact on different platforms like Twitter or wherever else. And uh, yeah, we tweeted out a couple of times. We've got a bunch of people in there. We'll link from, it in the in the show notes. So uh, just look at the notes right now, and you can join the Telegram group. There. Jump in, yeah. And and uh, you got a few private messages. I've gotten a few private messages. People saying it's like new and interesting and different. So we'll keep at it until that is no longer the case. But it's been fun to work on it. Well, actually, we probably will just keep at it. Period, right? Because we're doing it anyways, and uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, we're literally sure. just doing it, right? It's it's so low friction for us. Well, the question I had was, you were thinking about doing this from a you you want to do a startup like this, right? Yeah, that, I had this idea a long time ago, but now, uh, now I think more about it and how we're executing it. It's like if you were to build a platform for something like this, you're competing to get people off of the apps that they already have installed, right? Yeah. So doing it on something like Telegram, where I would assume 80% of the people that listen to this, if they're not already on there, they probably have network effect if they were to get on there, right? Same with like a WhatsApp or whatever else, but Telegram has this broadcast feature it's amazing so try, trying to build an app and i think a lot of people get stuck in this trap right like they come up with an idea what you don't really realize is if you create a new a new software environment to broadcast something the challenge isn't getting people interested in the content it's getting people to spend time on the platform so yep. this is like we 
you know, in the thesis is we get to build brand, but without the stand, the cost that you have to stand up a platform and all the effort that you would have to get, you would have to, um, all the effort you would have to make to get people onto that platform. It's the same reason why, you know, building a, building a network on Twitter is exponentially easier and probably long-term a, uh, probably long-term a better play than trying to stand up your own platform right that's a just your own website average. where people are just coming every day to the website or well jack right? so i mean a couple i think episode three or four we went through you losing a bunch of your twitter accounts and, and you know we went through the whole conversation of you being able to i mean they the, the basically kneecapped your business right right because that was your entire distribution how do you view telegram that's also somebody else's platform how do you but is it because it's messaging versus social network you feel more secure also we should talk about the founder pavel durov he's interesting he was basically the Mark Zuckerberg of Russia, and he left Russia because the state made him sell the company, to, uh, the, the oh, really? Russian version of Facebook. Do you guys not know his background? No, I have no, no idea. I didn't know that. Oh, dude, let, well, let's talk about it because it, it might it, it will feed into my question to Jack of his platform fears. So crazy story. Pavel Durov is his name. He is born in 1984, young dude. He founded the equivalent of, uh, I don't even share my screen. Actually, you know what? I will share my screen. Uh, da, da, da. Okay, this is the guy. Mate, were you reading that page when you recited his date of birth or you just knew that? Yeah, yeah, no. I mean, <laughs> I want you to do that. <laughs> okay, so can you guys see the screen? Yeah. Okay, yeah. Uh, Wikipedia here. Uh, so obviously everything on this page is true. It's Wikipedia. Um, so there's his face and uh, young dude. But super fascinating. Check this out. Okay, so VK is the name of the company. And more or less, uh, Putin strong-armed him to sell the company to his own cronies, right? So this is where it gets crazy. So he leaves Russia. Fair enough. Check this out. He attained St. Kitts and Nevis citizenship by donating 250 grand to the country's sugar industry. <laughs> so he gets kicked Holy out of chest, Russia. It goes, man. unreal. And check this out. And he secured $300 million in cash from a Swiss bank account. And so the, all his assets were seized, forced to sell Russia Facebook. This guy's loaded, though. I think he's a billionaire. Uh, yeah. Holy shit. He's worth $17 billion. <laughs> wow. Dude. So this guy is a monster. So TLDR is um, – he built Telegram. And Telegram also is doing a, 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 a is doing a crypto coin. It's called the TON platform. They, they raised a bunch of money, but then it, uh, a lot of uh, SEC got involved. I think they had to pull away the fundraising for the or the coin raise. Uh, but the investors says here includes Lorene Powell Jobs, which is uh, Steve Jobs' widow. But uh, I'm gonna stop sharing. Uh, but I, let me just summarize what we just saw there. Uh, Pavel Durov, Russian Mark Zuckerberg forced to sell his version of Facebook to Vladimir Putin's cronies. And then basically was asked or, you know, strongly suggested to leave the country, goes to uh, St. Nevis and Kitts. I think I said, or was it St. Kitts and Nevis? Uh, donates 250 grand to their sugar industry for citizenship and was able to leave Russia with $300 million. No, not bad. It probably left a lot of money on the not table. Um, but having said that, he has said from that experience, uh, and and being eventually, uh, you know, he knows how bad the state is, right? He's like Telegram. I will always be in control of Telegram, and I will never let people do what happened to Telegram 
which happened in VK. And according to Wikipedia, if the guy's worth 17 billion, he could probably make it happen. Unless, of course, Vladimir Putin does something insane and knocks him off, which he's been able to do outside of Russia. I mean, he's done it in the UK. Um, So anyways. But one thing, go on, go on, Tron. No, 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 go go, go ahead, Bob. No, no, uh, well, I was just going to add to one thing about the Telegram group. But if you had something on Telegram itself, we can finish that. You done? All right. Yeah, so uh, the only thing I was going to add to what uh, you guys described before, like the purpose of the group, is a lot of people kind of message us and say what they like about the show is like it feels like they're hanging out with us. Like, yeah, they get to learn about what's going on. There's some dumb, funny stories sometimes. But like, ultimately, they like hanging out, right? And it's like, it feels like they're here with us. And that's one part, right? And we only really get to share like four or five things a week. Right. But yeah. look, like looking at our current doc, there's literally like 25, 30 things that we brainstormed in the last week to talk about that we won't even, half of them we won't ever even get to. So I think what people have been messaging me about so far, what they're liking about Telegram group is they're saying, one, it feels like I'm getting an insight into like a real, like your real group chat. Like we're talking the way we talk. Like we're not mm. like faking stuff. We're just, just our way we talk to each other. And then uh, the second part is that we're kind of giving commentary on stuff. Like even if it's kind of like joking around about it half the time, but sometimes we're actually giving our real opinions and saying, oh, that's interesting. Did you think about this? So you're kind of getting to get a feed of all the stuff, all the edge of the internet stuff we're finding that people also like, as well as like the latest stuff going on. So I think it's a really cool idea. Let's see how it goes for a few weeks at least. Uh, and if you guys are listening and want to join you should click the link but also let us know what you think just tweet us uh, or comment on the youtube uh, video and let us know what you're thinking because it's it's been it's i think it's a really unique idea i think other people are going to try doing this sort of stuff no, jack's this been saying it he's like we got receipts jack we're not the first person new telegram group but i think of course I think I think what Jack pointed out though was such a when we were just chatting in our we have lots of chats people not just Telegram chat there's other we we might charge for the the, the other <laughs> the three way chats no but uh, Jack was basically saying it's like you know we we're talking about the newsletter everyone's just doing a Substack right it's like wait wait it's like let's just do this this is this is even lower this is the lowest friction thing possible when that's why when Jack proposed it and I jumped in the group and I, I immediately I'm this is brilliant because this doesn't interrupt my day at all like. I do in like you know you like like I've said in the past in previous episodes I try to leave my phone at home as much as possible when I'm out uh, with the family just because I, I try not to let it own my life because it does otherwise right but like I'll come home and I'll just like I'll be like I gotta catch up on this 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 right now we just add this Telegram group two three minutes here read and reply try to add something funny that you saw and it, a lot of this is so if you did this to your Twitter feed. I mean, people would unfollow in two seconds, right? right. Too much, but if, because it's the Telegram feed, it has a feeling of a, a, of the chat. And then people screenshotting chats is just so different than screenshotting a Twitter reply, right? It just feels so intimate. You know how people always talk about why podcasts are such a great medium because somebody's in your ear and it really feels like you're chatting, you're in the room with them, and it's, it's like you said, Bilal, it's the exact same concept with the the, uh, the group chat format. I, th- I think yeah. it's genius. And I think the other thing is like, not to get too in the weeds with this, but like a lot of the time when you think about media and how like we're creating media essentially, right? Uh, you have to think like, what does that other person who's listening, watching, reading feel 
when they're reading like are they laughing are they feeling like oh my mind's tingling because i learned something or oh are they like oh not another email like oh no now i need to go process all my email and it's in the same inbox as my work like that's yeah. how i feel with i, I pay for so many uh, newsletters and i have it filtered out and hard, half the time i don't even get to anymore mm-hmm. whereas a group chat is why do i go to a group chat with with the boys i go there because i want to go laugh I mean, I spend most time in those groups like Telegram or WhatsApp or iMessage. And it's because I know the people. That's one thing. There's like a recognition. Two, I have some sort of like positive feeling towards them. And then three, like the, there's a stream of like fun. That's basically what it is, right? <laughs> it's a stream of fun. And yeah, you're going to once in a while learn something. And that's that's part of the podcast style. But anyway, we don't want to give away all the kind of like recipe of it. But I think it's a really cool idea and like you said there's lots of people doing telegram but everyone's in there and it's way too much it's like 600 people talking whereas with us it's like we're the curators of the group right and we we will have other things where we can interact with people and you'll see if you comment on youtube or twitter we respond to every single message pretty much so um there's there's ways to still get in touch but this is like a new thing so hope you guys uh enjoy it wait so let let me get back then Uh, 100 agree with everything you just said and uh i don't want to lose a thread back to jack maybe we make it super brief but like jack own platforms you have concerns about this tell me your thought process around telegram and i know i know you're also on discord uh and you shut down your slack for visualized value right so how are you thinking about these different chat platforms as part of your distribution knowing that you've been rugged by twitter yeah i think i don't know it feels less risky for whatever reason i think the the thesis or the ideology of telegram is like encryption and uh i don't know how true that is like whether or not there is somebody scanning this for keywords and if you say the wrong thing you're gonna get rugged but we'll find that out but it doesn't feel to me like as risky as posting to a public feed or like having multiple accounts i think the thing that i got flagged for on twitter was I'm running like 11 accounts from one email address and that's like <laughs> against the terms of service in some way, depending on how you want to interpret it. But this is like, you have one Telegram account. It's very clear what the intention of the channel is. And I think the behavior on this is like, I mean, I've seen like, I think trading groups is probably like one of the examples of these like really high frequency, just like thousands of messages a day where people are subscribed to them. Um, yeah, Telegram. I, I think you know. Also, based on the story that that you just told us, Pavel like Durov, Google that dude. <laughs> yeah, that's a hell of a story, and and you would like to think that that's uh, you know he stays true to the reason he started it, and and uh, yeah, that that your what? your messages aren't being scanned or read or like sniffed for anything that might get you banned. But I the other beautiful it. thing is we have. So meant like we have this anti-fragile structure, right? Where it's like, oh, if you liked it and it gets taken away, next week we just move it to another platform and signal pop up again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I think there's like obviously it's a bump in the road, but people are just getting I can't remember who said this, but it's like people are kind of getting uncancelable at a certain point. I think maybe if you lose your Twitter account, you're like really in trouble on YouTube. Yeah. Maybe I'm actually disqualifying my own point here, but uh, <laughs> like you can direct attention towards other platforms yeah, uh, yeah. as long as you kind of hang on. And email is obviously the most anti-fragile distribution yeah. still, right? That, that If you have that list as a CSV, stick that on a, you know, 
on a thumb drive and you can cool, take it anywhere. Cool storage. Core yeah, storage. Exactly, cool storage, baby. Exactly, mate. <laughs> Put it on chain. I'll actually, I'll tell you something. Uh, if anybody, I, we could probably pin this telegram combo at this point. I, I'd love to get you guys' opinion on it. But uh, the limits, though, I, I think you alluded to it, right? It's like social still, like as, as the broadcast medium, you still want to go there to really build the audience. So you guys remember Milo Kella Kanafkis? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really controversial. Uh, political, just a total flamethrower, right? And ended up getting canceled for saying something about child sexual abuse, uh, his own experience. But he actually, I think uh, he tried to come back on because he got knocked off all the platforms, YouTube, Twitter, and uh, Facebook. He actually tried to get back on a Telegram and I got to find it. And he was complaining. He's like, I think these groups are capped at 10,000 or something. And he's like, what the F am I supposed to do? Like with 10,000, like my reach before was in the millions and millions, wow. right? So like, I think that's actually an interesting case study. If anybody wants to dig deeper into what happens if you do get deplatformed and try to build on the, like these individual, these smaller, listen, it's possible. But that guy was going from millions, right? He was huge. I mean, this guy was like Bannon's right-hand dude or like mm. he was informing a lot of Bannon stuff before Bannon became Trump's right-hand dude before Bannon got completely thrown out the circle, right? So, uh, Really interesting uh, uh, move, I think, that the Jack to do with the Telegram, and I, I, I mean, I'm excited to see where it goes. I, yeah, I think just one last point on all of this stuff is, I think that the ability exists technically to get your message out. Like there are all these other like decentralized. Well, there's all these. The the closer you get, like the more you dig into this argument, it's like. AWS can shut you off at a certain point, right? Like, right. Oh, the layers. Yeah. App yeah. Store, the app the store can take you out. So yeah. the, to reach a certain number of people that aren't like completely technically savvy using Tor and running Linux and all this stuff, it's like you have to use a platform past a certain point. Yeah. Right? There's just not enough people who understand how to use all these platforms. Platforms don't have network effect to the degree that you can get anywhere close to the level of you can't make a living with with the number of people you're in touch with well i mean i think to exactly your point is look what tr happened in trump's blog he shut it down after a couple of months no he's like you can be bothered to yeah he it. just yeah. yeah he's just like it did that's the power of twitter right this dude had what 780 million followers on twitter and was the most powerful person in the world for four years and then he goes off and does exactly what you said just wow. build it own property and just like couldn't drive anybody. I couldn't drive enough, right? Shut it down. And the, yeah, That's like nice. maybe, you know, most recognizable person in the world at that point. Yeah. It's and has crazy. a rabid following and he right. still couldn't. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Uh, <laughs> so you, actually, when you frame it that way, it's like. Dude, when you yeah. frame it that way, it's actually depressing, right? If we yeah. lose Twitter, <laughs> we might have to just call it a day. <laughs> well, the, the, I'll yeah. say even with email, because email is obviously, like you said, the gold standard, the, the best of the best. Like you own the actual email addresses, you can take that to wherever. But even email isn't bulletproof. Like there's uh, emotions. Not email. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like that's not necessarily a True. someone taking it away from you, but the equivalent of an algorithm or the Google use case. Still yeah, Google it. in that case says, well, people are getting pissed off with all this spam, so we're gonna create a new tab, and f overnight your open rate goes from fifty percent to 
12% or whatever. 100%. And that's that's, that's as bad. Yeah, yes, for real. And then the second one, obviously the equivalent is Facebook trying to get everyone to say, uh, like your page in the 2010s. And then like a few years later, they're like, oh, sorry, we got rid of all your reach. You yeah, have to yeah. pay to reach those people pretty much. You're only going to reach 1%. So yeah, there's there's always issues with all of them. So I think you just Listen, this got, is a long plan the way garden, of saying, boys. Start planting the you garden. Like, if you care about non-investment <laughs> advice, go join, join the, the Telegram group. group. Yeah, we'll see you in there. That's no, it. no, Bilal, it's going to be uh, 106.9 on your dial, right? Get on yeah, the oh, yeah. broadcast. That's it. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's true. Huge. What is that? What what what, what station no, is that? Tell him, Jack. Oh, one hundred eight point nine. Sorry, I got it wrong. But uh, we gotta get you to watch it. It's a show. I think it's on Netflix, isn't it, Bilal? Yeah, people just people do nothing. just do nothing. It's, it's the one. You no. know, I, I sent you the Chibuddy thing, and you're like, "What is a Chibuddy or something yeah. like that? He's well, one well, of the let's characters. Let's on the roast. Well, let's. Why don't we go to the next segment about? Uh, <laughs> it's English. not food though. Yeah. <laughs> but like, yeah, close. <laughs> he looks like it. Um, but yeah, all right. Uh, but yeah, so CTA, go click the link for Telegram. Let us know yeah. what you think oh on Twitter. Um, all right, oh, that was that, that was boys. yeah, but that was in, that was. Dude, interesting I didn't see that coming, on. bro. That was yeah, amazing. I know. That's what happens, man. Um, all right, so let's do the post mortem, boys, because this is something that I, I'm just going to read out a statement, Jack. I hope you don't mind me reading something that you'd said no, in on. our group, but I, I think it, was, it wasn't was that offensive. <laughs> you basically said you were watching the game, and this is a few games ago, and so this was the England game during the Euros, um, and you said they were singing the national anthem, and I was like, what the hell is this? <laughs> it just kind of hit you, right? And and I, that sounds like unpatriotic to some people, and like, you know, oh. there's we've had a whole few years of debate about people kneeling for the flag and uh, during the national anthem in the States, and, um, you know, me and you are both fairly patriotic in our own ways, I'd say. Like, uh, um, and maybe I've become more so since I left the UK. And maybe we can go into that. But I'm curious, like, let, take us back to that. Like, what, what are you thinking about there? Like, wh yeah, what's happening? I think it's the, the, cont the content of it and, the, like, the implication of it. I mean, for anybody that doesn't know, the, the English National Anthem, God Save, God Save the Queen, lyrics are essentially... What is it? God save our gracious queen, long live our noble queen, God save our queen, send her victorious, et cetera, et cetera, right? And uh, like, I, you know, when I was coming of age, 18, 19, 20, I would like bust a lung singing that, right? Like just going nuts. And then like I'm sitting in the pub during Euros and I'm like, haven't we sort of evolved past this as a society <laughs> where like there's some, you know, old knighted person by birth sitting in a building somewhere that everybody i mean i've had been separate from british culture for a long time now so i've lived in the states for 11 years or something and that's the only reason i ever would question the content of that tune because you lived in a place where you can't imagine a group of people standing up and putting their hand on their chest and sing like pledging allegiance to a monarch and i'm not a history buff like trung so it's more of a like it's more of an emotional reaction that i'm having where i'm like does that translate to a mentality in the in the country itself where people behave differently and you know after two thousand years or three thousand years of being a subject of the monarchy does that change the way you see the world to to the degree that a, a country like America with a completely different pitch essentially to its citizens of what it's about 
they end up in a very different place culturally, even though, you know, there's shared history in many ways. Um, yes, yeah, it's just a fascinating, fascinating so wait, debate. You weren't, and, when you were watching, I mean, yeah, everybody in the pub was standing up. You stood up, obviously. And you're just like, hey, man, what's this kind of feels weird. Yeah, just like it just Jack's us downing his pint and so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. no, I'm not saying like I, I, I love England. I had a, like you know I had a great time living there and stuff. It's just like I just started listening to it and I was like, this is odd. This is just bizarre. Like that, when you zoom out of it and you think like, yeah, I, I've definitely had a similar feeling. And I'm just going to add a ca- uh, contrasting point to your to your side, right? Mine is almost the opposite. And this is something that's come up because if people haven't followed after the European Championships, uh, the three guys who missed penalties were three black guys. I mean, and you guys lost. Let, let, yeah, let, we let, lost. England lost, England Italy lost to Italy in penalty kicks. In a penalty kick. It was a crazy tight game. The three guys at the end. And for, as an Arsenal fan, it was the worst scenario because Bukayo Saka is our like, young wonder kid. He, lost, he missed the last penalty. So I was like, obviously really sad about that. Uh, and as I'm sure Jack was. But for me, what happened after, and there was like a, obviously a minority of people, but by this point becomes a loud minority, um, you know, kind of hurled racist abuse at them on, on social media. They were commenting really terrible stuff, sending voice notes, uploading videos. And it was exactly that sort of stuff that honestly people like me didn't support England growing up. So mine was the opposite. Where and like I've I've I had quite a nuanced discussion with like some of my friends from home, and it's almost like embarrassing to say now because I'm quite like proud of being from England. But right. growing up, I felt very much like a Londoner, and I was a British Pakistani person, and I wanted to support England in football because I supported Arsenal. But there was always a few incidents where someone would say, "Oh, why are you supporting England? You're not English," or like you know, your dad has that experience twenty years before at work and then he grows i grew up in that household where he's like cheering for pakistan against england in the cricket right and i do the same right so there was this kind of subculture within let's say london for me anyway where a lot of people uh, all the people i went to school with i went to one school with all white people another school with 90 percent brown and black people and uh, mixed race and and like one of my friends is uh basically my best friend is an actor and him and his wife just created this skit um and it was like a one minute clip and he's basically talking to an england shirt i don't want to spoil it but it's basically saying like oh i don't want to tell people about you and it's kind of this like funny little thing and it's and everyone who watched that comes from my background kind of got it where other people like what's he talking about and and the kind of summary is i've had the opposite where when i've left people in new york when i moved there they were like oh you're british and i was like oh yeah yeah i'm british but in the uk i was always just i always felt like the pakistani guy um so and and i don't think that's just me there's a lot of people even my friend here who's a a black guy from london um another friend of mine from london i spoke to is a black guy they had similar things growing up and and because of that and, and you know the football world has changed right like 20 years ago there was a lot more hooliganism and the crazy stuff yeah. that would happen at the games you would get shouted at at certain stadiums for turning up now if you go to an arsenal game it's super mixed there's like yeah. a great crowd so anyway i don't want to turn this into a therapy session about the no, 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 racism in my life but i'm just curious. <laughs> but well, go, i have a very arsenal pointed question um and it has to do with the game is 
So obviously I'm sure the public reaction was like, you know, it was like, this is unacceptable. And, you know, like um, the platforms are probably trying to deal with it and do the whole, you know, we can't be having this. Right. So w- what is from your arsenal world, like the, the wonder kid, like what's going on with him? Like, do you oh, think no, that- everyone's been really support. Most people have been really supportive and okay. even like a lot of celebrities and like David Beckham and Gary Lineker and all these kind of really famous, prominent people, came out and like supported them this artist put this amazing thing together which was like those three turning into three lions and so yeah i'd say most of the country's been incredibly supportive actually uh but because of that kind of loud minority it's been you know overshadowed a bit and then politically it's actually interesting because boris johnson i think i don't know exactly it was boris johnson and someone else one senior mp kind of came out trying to defend them but then people use that as a way to say, well, you weren't supporting them a few weeks ago when you, were, when you weren't supporting them, when people were booing them in the crowd because they, they were going on their knee as well. You know, like they've been doing that throughout oh, the right. tournament. Yeah, so so it's, this, yeah. it's this whole big political thing. And uh, I don't know, man. Yeah, I'd say most people, though, generally, from what I can see, are very supportive. And, and he how seems you, like... So, yeah. How do you think he will recover as a player? Because I'm always fascinated by this. You know, some, Definitely. Like something like this, like you're... Uh, it can kill your career for some people. Yeah, yeah. you're 19 years old. And dude. he's 19. He will, If you said at the beginning of the tournament, like a month ago, that this guy was even going to play a game, I would have been surprised because there were five superstar players kind of ahead of him that are already proven. And even though he's an amazing player, he just wasn't expected to play. He kind of got in there. And what I've, from what I've heard is everyone in the training, you know, uh, set up, the manager was like, this guy is just another level of professional. His mentality is strong. He's just like willing to do whatever. It's going to make so him that, stronger. It's going to make, gonna make so I think ho- my hope is he's, he's strong enough and he's talented enough to come through it. And he's, he's quite, you know, he's also like this guy got basically straight A's at school. He's like a level-headed kid. He's not like the guy who's like hitting the club, sm- getting smashed every day, like, like a diva. Like he's, he's like quite a level-headed, down-to-earth guy at the moment anyway. So my hope is he's going to come back and say, I'm going to use this to prove myself. Um, and I think the whole country, I think people are going to be giving him a standing ovation like when he gets in the stadium because agreed, he, agreed. I mean, he was so brave, man. He, he stood up yeah. to do that. It was crazy. nuts, man. It's mad. Nuts. Dude, honestly, the fact that he made, uh, if you actually think about the circumstance of what he was doing, dude, the fact that he made contact with the ball and it went like, wasn't like wide right, uh, wide left or uh, over the net. He, he had a, and you, you'll, you'll see kicks like Roberto Baggio in Italy in the 1994 World Cup, right? He kicked it right over the net. This yeah. is a superstar soccer player, There's right? been some bad penalties this tournament. There's been some really good ones too, but the, those three were all, you know, they weren't the craziest terrible penalties but you know at that moment the best like the last game harry kane is the best striker in the premier league missed his penalty got lucky with the rebound and scored so it's like if the best striker in the game pretty much misses the game before and you miss as a 19 year old that's not can you imagine oh my god God. he was like crying on the pitch it was like really yeah go go you got i mean those photos were insane of uh just (laughs) i mean you got so speaking of chat groups jack was sending us some pretty insane videos uh uh when england was up one nothing in the in the in the finals against italy let's just say there were a lot of testicles involved <laughs> and i crowd. think that was from before the game i think because so, yeah, yeah. i got that as well although that was pre-game well there was a guy who had yeah, like a f- wembley somewhere what was it um what's that like color it's like a flare 
It's like a yeah, yeah, no, yeah, 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 Let's just say there's a video where somebody's drinking beer uh, that has touched a lot of things that shouldn't have been touched. And that's all you need to know. No, but so here's my question. Was that a super spreader event? Because with what's going on there? No, no. Yeah, the press is now saying that there's a huge number of cases that are coming out of the people that attended that day. And the the bad thing is, just to address what you said, because look, I was sending those videos as much as anyone and I find them hilarious. But there's this kind of, it's this kind of weird thing we have with British culture, which is like, we we don't, we don't really take ourselves that seriously. We find that stuff funny. People in the UK like to drink, obviously at another level. Right. So like, we kind of respect it, but then, then there's like a line where you're like, oh man, like this is not. This is like really bad. This is not good for society. Like you're smashing up the whole place. There, yeah. there were people like trying to get into the stadium that didn't have tickets. They're like spoiling a day for like some people's mm-hmm. best day of their lives pretty much. Yeah. And they're spoiling it. And they're just like a bunch of thugs, basically like hooligans and thugs. There were people beating other people up and stuff like that. So it's like, that's the kind of fine line, which like I'm calling myself out and I'm not saying like, you shouldn't share those videos because I think they're hilarious. And I'm not directly contributing to that, but it's a weird thing with our culture, especially which like celebrates stuff. But on the adjacent side is like this stuff, which is like should really be called out as bad. You totally. Know what I mean? Well, I mean, so in, in Vietnam, I lived in, uh, so I lived in Saigon for five years and there's like an expat community, right? It's like all the expatriates from around the world, the Aussies and the British, like levels Horrible. of people getting fucked up. I got fined again. I'm probably at six right now. We'll, we'll deal with it later. <laughs> Yeah, we yeah, need a so trunk count up there. Like, there's no. levels. Right? Well, here's the thing. Japanese and Korean dudes get gassed. But they gas, get gassed and they pass <laughs> out. Like, just just such savage levels of alcohol consumption from Japanese and Korean expats. Just legitimately, I mean, bars, these guys are animals. Just downing whiskey and, and, and so they'll drink harder. So if we're doing rankings, it's different. They will get equally effed, but like the Japanese and Korean dudes always passed out and were, were, were they're done. By like one, always passed out. <laughs> the British cats, the British and the Aussie cats, oh my goodness. 40, and the 50. Irish, I'll throw in there because they're yeah, you know, related, yeah, yeah. I know, but uh, the Irish have a special oh, yeah, place Irish, as well. Irish, I, I lived there for a couple of years and they, Commonwealth, Commonwealth, they really brother. teach you, man. But yeah, <laughs> no, but but yeah the man. Canadians are more mellow, the Americans are mellow, the French are just. Jokers drinking wine while everybody's like chugging beer. Get out of here. I man, dude, I'm not I'm not gonna make a blanket statement. Uh, in the expat community I was at, in the expat community, I want to clarify. Not the craziest about the French, man. <laughs> <laughs> I think that Canadian part you coming out though, right? Because you, yeah, well, you're Vancouver, so you, got, you got, got a little Montreal. Quebecois. No, I'm cool yeah. I, I lived in Montreal also. I'm cool with the French, man. They're just man, the Doing the tears of drinkers. I, I, I think that this is a perfect segue into me roasting uh, England's food. I got, I got a closing, I got a closing thought on the football stuff. If that's yeah, hit it, of course, man. Yeah, go for it, mate. So, not to make this about our normal talking points, but I think my reaction as well was like the sort of the, you know, let's bring a Balaji reference in. It's like the the crumbling of the nation state in a lot of ways, like the brand yeah. of the nation state. You're just like, this is a there's eleven dudes running around a pitch with a shirt on, they're the same color. I've never met any of them in my life. I'm like, why am I so invested in this? And I think I just started like questioning that, and and I was like, 
have a like baby at home, nice family. I'm out like I'm, you know, just out of my mind, drunk. I'm like, I'm not even, I don't even really give a shit about this. I, that's where I ended up. And then I was like, and then just being adjacent to this, I'm like, for whatever reason, getting incredibly passionate about this thing that I yeah. haven't really examined why I am. And then you see the stuff that happens afterwards. I'm just like, I can't even bear to be associated with people who behave that way. So I'm like, yeah, it's just, a, it was just a real realization to me. And throughout all of those games, I was like, this is just the behavior that just something you take on unconsciously almost. And then when you, you start to question it, you're just like, well, yeah, that's just what we do. Why? I don't know. It's fun or something, but, but it's completely irrational. Game boys. It's completely, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, but. yeah. Well, you get to re-examine it in about uh, two weeks when England's notching all those biking golds. <laughs> biking and swimming <laughs> That's gold. the other one, the Olympics, right? Like although, the Olympics. Toyota just pulled out as an advertiser. Oh, serious. They're like, the, well, Toyota's a Japanese icon, but also one of the Olympics main sponsors in general. Uh, Why they pull out? There's just so much controversy whether or not the game should be held. Like within Japan, uh, uh, right, the majority right. of Japanese don't want the game to happen. The, J- Japan's mm-hmm. in a state of emergency right now, still. And uh, they, they're just like, a lot of advertisers are like deciding whether or not. I mean, well, it's done then. If Toyota's gone, that's, I'm going to make the call there's now. It's done. Four billions of dollars of advertising is going to get rugged. And uh, there's already been uh, small outbreaks within the village too. Man, it's bad, dude. It's bad. It's, it's already crazy in a regular time. Like just, I remember when it was in London in 2012, it was, well, actually they hyped it up like it was going to be the worst thing in the world. And then it wasn't actually that crazy, but it, the whole city, obviously it's raging with millions and millions of people. Yeah, Man, t- I'm just thinking now with the Delta stuff as well. I don't know what the, the numbers are in like in Japan, but I know it's been picking There's up. No There's been... no attendance. There's no fans. So they're doing that. Oh, um, of course. Oh, they've already called that off. Okay. Well, dude, hold on. 2012, Boris Johnson was mayor of London, right? Yeah. That I was kind so. of actually what, like, when he was running on the campaign, he's like, listen, I, I handled the 2012 Olympics. It's a security threat. Everybody's worried. It ran smoothly, right? Like, that was kind of his part of his image of, like, a person as a yeah, politician. Yeah, I forgot about that. Bulger. Yeah, I remember reading I feel like about you got your undercover Boris fan Bikes. of his. Boris Bikes. <laughs> I mean, he's funny as hell. But well, I'll tell you, Bojo, I, uh, before I realized, I mean, I know people call him Trump light, but I mean, he's much more educated than Trump. I mean, he wrote a book about Churchill um, and he he comes from like pretty, you know, old school educated Oxford. Is he Oxford? He's, he's what, I he, think it's Oxford and he's like PPE Oxford. Yeah, like, I mean, he's, you, he, he's I'm, sure his, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure his father or his uncle was a pretty senior uh, I think they were all part of the, yeah. the same group. Like, and David exactly. Cameron was, and him both went at the same oh, time. Yeah. So they all... were part of that uh, that crazy club. I forgot what it's called, Bollingdon or something. Do you, do, the pig, the, yeah, the pig the, thing. The, the pig thing, yeah. That's what we'd say, the pig <laughs> one. For our listeners, well, not, like, pig thing, you mean banging pigs as part of the... Yeah, or like pigs' heads and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Well, this is another gripe I have with the with the English system is like, when you start to, when you get distance from it, it's like that stuff is programmed, mate. That story is written for the next 200 years. Yeah. Who's getting in where and who's in charge of what. Oh, yeah. And that's just a different type of society than I've been living in for the last 10 years or so. And it's like, it's just an interesting, like, contrast. So it's. But especially yeah. like Oxford and Cambridge, that whole world is like, I don't know the exact numbers, but once upon a time, it's not verified. It was like, 80% of people went to private schools 
and right. uh, only like five percent of the population goes to private schools and and yeah so obviously that not doesn't take away advice. from not political <laughs> advice not numbers <laughs> advice not mathematical advice yeah i but, actually have something that you guys will appreciate because uh, i've already done a couple of cutting people off today uh dr fan you guys will like this so dr fan's been watching some of these youtube videos and uh, i'm having a meal with him on over the weekend you guys are gonna shit yourself this is scout's honor 100 true this conversation i had he goes hey, i've been watching your videos and uh he goes very promising start he goes the interview with the stanley druckenmiller investor that was really good he's impressive and uh, you did a great job you asked a lot of questions and it, you didn't speak very much I, I thought that was very well done but this other thing you're doing with the uh, two other guys <laughs> all i hear is you talking why aren't you asking more questions? Why isn't it like the Stanley Druckenmiller interview? Why is it just you talking and droning on and not asking the, the 10 questions like you asked Stanley and letting them talk? Dude, 100% truth. This dude's calling me out for not giving you guys more airtime. So funny. <laughs> also, that's, so he thought the one you did before was the same part. No, what's funny that. is like, it's such a good start. I mean, this I can count on one hand the number of times this guy's complimented me in my life, right? An age classic Asian appeared. <laughs> starts off with I really, solid start. Solid yeah. start. You think we could get him on for a segment? Like, it's like number three, number the third time. I can already count it. Like I'm, I'm going from two to three compliments in my life, and he's like Stanley Druckenmiller, great job. And then he goes, but you stop asking questions when you're with the other two friends, and all you do is talk. <laughs> Right, we got so Jack, anyways, on as a guest. Jack said, "Can we get him on the pod?" Yeah, well, yeah, let's get him on, man. He'll—I mean, he doesn't talk. Little very cameo. Much, so I'm, I'll talk for yeah, the. Yeah, just a little segment at the end. Maybe he reviews some... the last pod or something. Yeah. Or, or we get some trunk stories from when he was a kid. Yeah, that's a oh, good yeah, one oh too. yeah, he's got. That's great. He should do a thirty-second review because he'll just tell you what he said here. It's like this guy talks too much. Doesn't ask enough questions. Um, <laughs> What's well, funny? Right, Trung. I'm about to walk in a segment where I'm going to talk even more. Well, yeah, Trung, you you had an idea to because you've been talking about. Yeah, here we go. Let's just get straight to it. Trung <laughs> okay. wants to remember rip people are listening to. Food, got, so. remember, remember people yeah, yeah, are yeah. listening. Okay, so, so Trung sharing his screen for people listening. For anybody that's not watching the YouTube, I'd actually highly recommend at this point turning on the YouTube. Jack, but, you ready to get patriotic, by the way, and ready to defend? Oh, yeah, we're yeah? talking. So I'm fired up, man. I'm yeah, fired Jack, up. It's got to go back to, back it, to basics. Jack was wavering. If Jack and Bilal were wavering on their patriotism, they're about to get it back real quick. <laughs> <laughs> all right, CNN travel. British food, the 20 best dishes. First of all, you're probably going to have a quibble with these dishes, the selection. The only reason I'm bringing this up is because one of my favorite running jokes is that the United Kingdom or England built a global empire in the 1800s around spice, the spice trade. Except it seems that they don't use spice in any of their dishes now. Like the entire don't get high on your own supply, mate. <laughs> <Don't get high. laughs> so if you're like if you're talking about the nations with the best cuisines, I mean you're gonna have Japan, you have Italy, you have France, right? England is nowhere in the ballpark here. These guys are running the spice trade. So I've always it's a wondered. Fair, it's a fair point. It's, it's a, a fair, fair point. point, right? I'm like, what is going on? So let's get right into it. Here are the 20 best dishes. And I guys, I want you guys to explain to me whether or not this, this, these dishes are representative. We don't have to do all 20. But let's get into it. Tell me what you think, and I'll tell you what uh, the reality is. All right. Number one, the full English breakfast. So we got some toast here, some beans, some tomatoes, a couple of fried eggs, and ham. Walk me through that. 
How representative is that? How many of those have you had in your life? And is it tasty? Mi- missing the hash brown, I think. Is there a hash brown on there? Or you no, don't, no is, hash is a hash brown definitely part of a, a full English or it doesn't have to be? Mm, I think you've probably had more of these than I have. I've uh, had plenty, yeah. I'd say <laughs> this is I say this is like a you know a well photographed full English as well, Trunk. So <laughs> yeah. normally be a, a little bit le- a little bit rough around the edges than this. My ratios would be very different than this. I'd be going heavy on the beans. Yeah, I was going to uh, say heavy bean. You've yeah. got to get the more meat. A couple of sausages. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Two eggs is good, but the rest of it, mate. There's a, there's a Facebook group called the Fry Up Police. If anyone wants to get into uh, like dissecting fry ups, the concept is anywhere in the UK that serves a full English, you p- take a picture of it and you put it in this group and it gets roasted individually. So they have like fry up specific roasts. That's amazing. So, Sounds like Trung's dream right now. Okay, but hold you on. would love I'm it, man. I want to walk you through. So to summarize what Jack said, this is representative. Maybe the picture is kind of nice. Obviously, it's probably staged for CNN. Uh, the ratio, maybe not enough beans here and uh, sausage instead of uh, this ham. So I'm noticing one distinct thing here. I don't see any type of seasoning on this dish. So what? pepper, mate, on the eggs. What are you talking about? What's the gr- okay, yeah. <laughs> Well, the chives or whatever that is on the eggs would never, ever be on the like, Oh, yeah, that's a little bit too much. Looks suspicious. Those chives <laughs> look pretty suspicious here. So uh, what I don't understand is this. How do you eat beans for breakfast? That's a legitimate question. Oh, man. Well, this is the thing. I have to say, I will defend beans because a lot of my friends who weren't English that moved to London, they now, all of them love it. Because once you start having it, you just kind of lean into it. It's like, it just goes, it goes well. Because a classic student dish is something called beans on toast. So you don't even, you don't have any money for the rest of it. So you get like, you just have toast and you get 10p beans or whatever they cost. 20, I don't, I don't know. I don't buy beans anymore, but yeah, it used to be like 50p. I don't even know. They're probably about two quid now, mate. Inflation. (laughs) Yeah. So wait, yeah, exactly. so beans on toast would be the equivalent of like uh, ramen noodles in North America. Yeah, very much Not so. In a way, yeah, like, yeah. yeah, or like we would have pot noodles and stuff, which is the same as a ramen, but you would have that. I would have that a lot at, at uni. I'm not going to lie. Like the All first right. year before I learned to cook. All right, here we go. All right, Yorkshire pudding. <laughs> Look at that flag. Okay. Look at that flag. This is my problem with Yorkshire pudding, and you guys can tell me whether or not it's correct. It's not a pudding. This is not pudding. When it's like I cookies here on cookies, mate. That's okay. <laughs> biscuits, pudding. sorry, biscuits aren't biscuits. Okay, so uh, pudding is a biscuit. Is that correct? What? what? No, no, uh, no, no, no. Sorry, I'll, I'll come back to biscuits after. You, you okay, so pudding it. is like chocolate pudding, right? Like Jello pudding. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. Normally, th- that's how I would refer to it. But this is a very specific type of pudding. But it's Yorkshire not pudding. pudding. They, it's they, they have they have their own they have their own rules, mate. They call lunch dinner and dinner tea. Wait, wait, this happens in Yorkshire. They call lunch dinner. Or like in the north and middle. Oh, I'm pretty sure, God. like a lot I of. Play- I remember tea. Gary Neville did, saying it on TV once. Did you ever use tea when you were growing up a lot? Like, no, you were going to say tea. dinner, but like, yeah. I mean, I would be at my friend's house and they would say it, but my parents are Pakistani, so we would call it like something else. So also here, so two que- one comment, one question. Comment, no spice. Uh, question is, uh, do you guys like this thing? Yeah, it's great. It's, it's you, need a gra- you need the gravy on it, gravy. like get the gravy inside it. Um, okay. But it's basically, a lot of people use it as a container now. So you get bake a big one 
Then you put all the stuff inside and then you fill it up with gravy. Also, this shape is on purpose as a cylinder or like a, a something. That yeah, it, it bakes like that, right? What is it? It's, it's, it's milk. I think it's literally milk, flour, and water. So it's almost a tasteless thing. It's like... Uh, Don't get drunk I mean, started on tasteless. Probably a wartime <laughs> thing, right? It's probably, uh, you know, calories okay, okay, there you as, go. as That's cheap as you can produce them. That's, uh, yeah, I mean, the tasteless is pretty representative of the rest of the cuisines. Uh, this is, okay, so you uh, guys... This are, is another level. What is black pudding? <laughs> it's like, uh, is, is it, it pig's, pig's intestines? Oh, I thought it was pig's blood. Pig's blood. Yeah. Okay, see, I'm cool with this because in Vietnam, I eat yeah. blood clots in soup dishes. <laughs> I will eat intestines, I'll eat tripe. I love the nasty stuff. So tell me, yeah, Vietnam has got its own food stuff. We get to that next week, man. I was about to say, <laughs> yeah, well, this dish right here, you have to spice this, right? Or else you're gonna, it's gonna be awful. This has to have spice in it. Maybe this is where. Uh, yeah, I think this is probably mixed up with a bunch of random stuff. I'm assuming a little salt and pepper in there, probably, mate. Oats, uh, con- congealed blood. I like it, man. I'm down with that. Okay. Oh, this is a good one. Toad in the toad in the hole. Can you describe? What a great name. What is it? So this is the Yorkshire pudding mix poured around a bunch of sausages and then put in the oven. So oh, this is so essentially it's like, it's like pigs a hybrid. A I mean, what is pigs in a blanket? I thought that had, sauce, that had um, bacon wrapped around it, right? Pigs in a blanket. Is, that, is it British or is that French? Doesn't sound. It, it doesn't sound like a French name, to be yeah. fair. <laughs> <laughs> pigs in a blanket. <laughs> um, but yeah, anyway, yeah, that's a classic Okay, here well. we go. Spotted dick, classic name. All the names are pretty fire, you gotta say. Names yeah. are incredible. Okay, so what is spotted dick? We can probably wrap it up after this one, or maybe I'll find fish and chips because that's the only one I like. So what is spotted dick? Let's finish dick? fish and chips. Well, I think this is a pretty retro uh like thing is pudding is the same thing as dinner and tea. Pudding is a we refer to as a course. Did, did you ever refer to pudding as a course? Well, I was like, you, yeah, pudding means dessert, you mean. What's for pudding? What's for yeah, pudding? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, spotted dicks for pudding but it doesn't necessarily have to be a pudding you understand what I'm oh, saying oh that's that, 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 you, you sound like you're talking about cockney rhyming slang right now <laughs> which is like yeah you know there's one word and we jump to this other word and then it means a whole different thing but uh, yeah pudding you'd refer to like I think you, you lost have, it mate <laughs> you could have a biscuit for pudding but a biscuit is not the same as the biscuit that you're used to we have in the US Wendy's yeah. or whatever you'd go Trunk, you there? Yeah, I'm still here. Sorry, guys, I've been pumped out. My kid's popping in and out. So we should probably wrap this up quickly. Uh, And it's perfect because we got lucky because the next two dishes are actually delicious. Shepherd's pie and fish and chips. These are the national dishes, right? They got to do I mean, I have to say that fish and chips is a bit ridiculous because that looks like fish and chips. That's more like fish fingers, isn't it? From uh, Iceland. Um, You get like 10 of those for a pound. You need the oh, yeah no the, I have to admit I went to school in East London Walthamstow where there's a market which is like a street market and it's the longest market in Europe and it's proper cockney it's like the guy's like two pound of banana like throwing stuff at you and like it's crazy and then there's always like a proper Eastern cockney geezer who's serving this in the what's it called the newspaper and we would go there after school and it would be like you throw the the vinegar on it with these fat mm. chips which are just basically massive potato wedges uh, the way we do it and it's actually like fresh cod lightly battered if you get a good one it's actually kind of banging so i, I will read the second sentence out by eight by the eight <laughs> go ahead <Bob. laughs> 
the age by the average age of 16 the average british child has eaten this dish 4160 times that's hilarious <laughs> Oh my god! Wait, wait, is that? I want to know if that's for real because that's. I feel like that must be a joke. That must be two hundred and sixty times a year. <laughs> no, that can't be right. <laughs> that's On average crazy. too. So some people are clocking in higher than that. Wait, no, I will say if you include fish fingers because I had that at school a lot. Well, this oh, is fish fingers. That yeah, sounds yeah, yeah. like the entire school year, five days a week. So you have it for lunch and dinner, right? Then you and have tea, an apple sorry. crumble with custard after. Yeah. <laughs> well, one thing, trunk. We we'll, just to wrap up. Uh, yeah, uh, I know you got to go in a second. But <laughs> um, you can literally see my kid. He's like, yeah, I know. It's so good. He wants to jump in. No, it's so good. That's why I'm no, no, it's cool. If you got to go, it's so good. The one, one last thing I was going to say is that fish and chips kind of got replaced by chicken and chips in a lot of places. What so because it? fish and chips became really expensive. And then, you know, because it's kind of like harder to get fish and it's like six, 10 pounds sometimes. It used to be for like, the working class person would eat this like 30, a generation ago. Um, and now chicken and chips, There's maybe we have to do this for a longer segment, is but there's a whole culture. Or is yeah, it it's big? like KFC equivalent, but there are oh, specific chicken and chip shops, especially in like a lot in London. Oh, man. There's a, oh, it's like you can get chicken burger. I, I used to have this almost every day at Sixth Form <laughs> College. <laughs> chicken burger, four wings, fries, and a drink for two pounds. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not lying. I had that. It was and insane. And chicken. What was the name of the shop? Hello? Oh, it was, it was like Ash's chicken Fried Cottage. Chicken. But my favorite was HFC, Halal Fried Chicken. And then it was, uh, what was it called? HFC. Chick In. Chuck, space. Chicken. Yeah. Chick In. Like, you know, like an inn, like a bar inn or whatever. Oh, oh, hold on, hold on. I got a good one on that subject. Dixie. There was a, yeah, go, go ahead. Go ahead, Jack. There was a kebab shop in Cardiff called McDonough's. That's brilliant. That's class, isn't it? Oh, but there's one borrow, in Ireland called. Some... There's one in. Sorry, sorry. There's one in Ireland called Abra Kebabra, which was pretty nice. legit as well. Mate, if you're if you're if you're listening to this and you know any good kebab shop or chicken shop names, put, post them in the comments. Oh yeah. Yo, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll never well, run them up. So let me put this joke that one that I've been joking with Bilal for months now. The real national dish for England is butter chicken. Can we? Can we? Can we? I think chicken tikka masala. masala. Chicken tikka masala. Okay. Yeah. Same shit. It's basically the same, but it's they use cream. Explain a little explain bit more cream. To the listeners why and the viewers why there's a bit of a running joke that this is a national dish. No, I think it's actually officially the thing now. No, like the it's the most popular dish. I don't know if it's like which they count as the national dish. It's just because everywhere you go, like you can go to a tiny little village, and there's gonna be a Chinese takeaway and an indian takeaway and like a supermarket and that's that might be the only thing there and everyone loves indian food pretty much in the uk i find universally and it's you've got like people go as families but they also get takeout or takeaway and then you've got like the late night drunk crowd as well who like it oh my so God, it's, there's like a whole there's a whole and then there's obviously like fine dining if you want to do that too amazing but. drunk food amazing drunk food I mean, Indian food is incredible, man. It's well, here, actually, you're 100% correct. You've been to Bilal. Yeah, incredible. Yeah, Unreal. respect. No, Bilal, so, so what, what I will say is that I will note, I did a quick Google. Uh, so my instinct was that it was just a national dish as a joke to say, because obviously there's so many Indians and Pakistanis in, uh, obviously Pakistanis don't eat, I mean, you guys eat chicken tikka masala. Yeah, is I mean, that, the thing is, it's not really, we don't make this at home because this is more like a made for white people dish, but I like okay, it. Like I, I order it even here. Like, no, you know what I mean by that? Like General Tso's chicken is not really a Chinese dish. It's right, made right, right, for right. Americans, right? 
um, so, so yeah, go, go and India are a different. Uh, the the subcontinent of India used to be the British colony, obviously, which yeah. is connection. But to your point, it was actually in two thousand and one. Uh, the British Foreign Secretary Robin Cook said in a speech that chicken tikka masala is a national dish, is a symbol of a multicultural England. So there you go. That's a great yeah. So it's official, and that's the thing. I think a lot of people don't realize when when they think of England, they think of the Queen. Right, and now some of them might think of the hooligans because of what's happened or right. whatever. But like, that's the England I know, obviously, and Jack, I'm sure yep. knows as well. It's like it's the most, in certain parts, incredibly diverse, as diverse as anywhere. And uh, yeah, it's just a unique thing. Where in the US, you you get Indian food, but it's not as prominent. Uh, you know, we can't talked about that before. Last thing I was going to add before I, before we go is on the chicken shop stuff. Lastly, just to close the loop, there is there's a whole culture of it of like people just go to the chicken shop and there's two really famous youtube shows one is called chicken shop date which is hilarious uh amelia she's this like kind of posh blonde girl a posh sounding blonde girl and she does like uh, interviews in chicken shops with grime artists like musicians and like famous people now and it's such beautifully shot and it's really funny because of the contrast and then there's a guy called the chicken shop connoisseur who went viral and he's this little dude who wears a little suit and does like really serious um reviews of these two pound chicken shop places and it's so funny and uh, yeah so i'll send you a couple doing the pizza reviews right it sounds like that version it's like that it was before that right i think it was before probably yeah (laughs) anyway i know you got go drunk but yeah thanks for uh, i think that's a perfect way to end it i love talking about food dude i'm really happy we did we could do this every week no, for sure. And actually, one thing I will say, we're talking about roast. A good English roast is kind of hard to beat, to be honest. Yeah, that's how a, is that not on the list? Probably that's a staple. Down. And roast and Yorkshire pudding, that's a pretty uh, classic combo, right? Yeah, yeah that's part of, part of it. Yeah. Um, all right, boys. Let's uh, call it quits then. But yeah, thanks for anything else before we cut off? No, I'm good here, man. I really appreciate uh, the Monday afternoon, guys. Nice one, man. Yeah, uh, if you guys enjoyed this, let us know and uh, join the Telegram group and uh, speak to you guys on Twitter and we'll see you next week. Awesome. Peace out, guys. Bye-bye.